Good morning. Merry Christmas. We have great joy this day as we celebrate our Lord's incarnation and birth among us. The Word became flesh precisely so that we could have salvation, forgiveness of sins, and the promise of eternal life. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Tyson Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this Christmas day. We have a great joy of receiving our Lord's body and blood this day, and so then we ask that all those coming to the altar be either a member of our congregation or a member of a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. This, of course, is in keeping with what our Lord teaches us, that we should be united in doctrine as we come forward to receive this blessed gift. At this time, I will turn your attention to the Focused on Christ section that is found on the inside of the back cover of your bulletin where we have a summary of today's readings. In the beginning, God created all things through his word, his son. But man fell into sin, and with man all creation was cursed. Therefore, God spoke his word again, this time into the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle of our human natures. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Son of God took on flesh and blood and died on the cross in order that we might receive the right to become children of God through faith. Baptized into Christ's body, we are made partakers of a new genesis, the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. In Christ, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man has truly appeared. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 3 as it begins on page 184. And our first hymn this morning is a processional hymn, so at this time I will ask you to please stand. Almighty God, grant that the birth of your only begotten Son in the flesh may set us free from the bondage of sin. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the Nativity of our Lord is from Exodus chapter 40. In the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid its bases and set up its frames and put in its poles and raised up its pillars. And he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He took the testimony and put it into the ark and put the poles on the ark, and set the mercy seat above on the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle, and set up the veil of the screen, and screened the ark of the testimony, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then the cloud covering the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting, because the cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle throughout all their journeys, Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Titus chapter 3. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, 
not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text for this day comes from St. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Dear saints, it's here. Finally, right? The day has come. Today is the celebration of our Lord's incarnation and birth and the beginning of a jubilant 12-day season of joy. Through Advent, we have been meditating on the ways Christ comes to us, the way he advents to us in word, water, body, and blood, all the while anticipating his final coming on the last day. Today, our focus shifts to his advent in Bethlehem when the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, in so many ways, despite its penitential tone, Christians spend the season of Advent, well, like excited children, examining and studying the gifts under the tree, wondering if you can figure out what it is beforehand, right? But now, the waiting is over, and the day is here. Sing out the sacred hymns and carols until these rafters shake, dear saints. As we chanted in the intro, it, O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Christ the Savior has been born. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. 
as we sing in the Gloria and Excelsis a wonderful reintroduction to that in the liturgy today. But folks, you do know what comes next, right? Christmas Day has arrived, which means that the great American secular consumer holiday is over. Cultural Christmas is done, kaput, literally in the garbage, or it will be tomorrow morning. When the sun rises tomorrow morning, there'll be a little miniature mountain range constructed at the end of every driveway here. Garbage cans around our state and country, they'll be piled high with torn wrapping paper, cardboard, plastic bags, cardstock, bottles, cans, and the like. Probably more than a few white elephant gifts. I suppose a majority of people will be basking in the afterglow of yet another successful yearly cycle, right? Of gifts, parties, video calls, family pictures, Christmas-themed social media posts. Of course, there's going to be some viral TikTok videos I'm sure you need to catch up on. So the question is, did you enjoy yourself this year? Well, hey, that's great. Now let's just, you know, take out the garbage, return everything that didn't fit or we didn't like, cash in those gift cards, and move on to the boring part of winter. That's a cheery thought on Christmas morning, is it not? Does that description perhaps hit just a little too close to home, though? Does the thought of celebrating Christmas for 12 full days fill you with peace and gladness or... Do you have a kind of Grinch-like sadness about you? Are you done with Christmas? Do you find yourself among that crowd that is just ready for it all to go away so you can enjoy your time off and enjoy your gifts? Well, if so, pay attention, because this Christmas sermon is for you. Or are you like the shepherds who were keeping watch over their flocks by night, awestruck and overcome at the good news of great joy that is for all people? Are you at your high point of Christmas readiness with your heart and your mind keenly fixed on the manger and that Christ child laying there for your salvation? Are you contemplating the holy mystery that the word became flesh and dwelt among us? If so, then, well, also pay attention because this Christmas sermon is most certainly for you. The truth is, dear saints, if you're anything like me, you kind of find yourself in a weird spot where you're in both of those places at seemingly the same time. You see, we put so much emphasis on getting ready for Christmas that we end up burnt out, exhausted by the time it actually arrives. Instead of coming out of Advent with hearts and minds prepared for the Christmas gospel, anticipating this great and glorious gift, many Christians find themselves perfectly primed for a nervous breakdown because they've spent so much time and energy trying to make everything perfect by their own efforts. Or, you know... Some are just simply ready for it to all go away. But regardless of your physical, mental, or spiritual state, let me offer you some encouragement this morning. Let everything that has become so normal for us when it comes to cultural Christmas just fade away to the background. Let that go, because that's not why you're here. After all, what you've done to prepare will always pale in comparison to what God the Father has done for you in the birth of His Son, in the giving of His Son. Instead, then rest this morning. Rest in this glorious truth from the word of God, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glorious of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The incarnation, that is the taking on of flesh, the birth of Christ is a holy, awe-inspiring and incredible mystery. The only begotten son of God through whom all things were created takes on the very flesh of his creation. The word became flesh and became our brother, a newborn infant, 
Jesus was born with those baby soft little hands and feet. You know what I'm talking about. The Son of God knows what it is to experience firsthand every intricate detail of human development right there in the womb of his mother, a miraculous biological process he created by his own hand and his word. God puts on flesh and is born into this sinful world for you for this one reason, to be your savior. The word became flesh and dwelt among us in order to save us from the disaster that we brought upon ourselves all the way back in the Garden of Eden. There in the arms of the Virgin Mary is the long-promised seed of Eve who came to save us. You know, when someone gives you an unexpected gift, you usually say something like, oh, you didn't have to do that. Well, when it comes to God, that statement is truer than we could ever imagine. God the Father did not have to give us the gift of his Son, and yet he did in divine love and mercy. God did not have to take on human flesh, live, breathe, eat, sleep, suffer, and die as one of us, and yet, oh yes, he did. He did in divine love and mercy. It is a wondrous and holy mystery that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The greatest gift that God ever gave to his creation was himself wrapped in human flesh. To his Old Testament people, waiting, hoping, praying, and yearning for the messianic promises to be fulfilled, the Father gives a little infant boy, his only begotten son, who will one day be the atoning sacrifice for sin, for all the sin of the world, in a stable for livestock, goats, sheep, oxen, we find the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That is where he is born. It is remarkable, is it not? Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. At Christmas, so much attention is paid to gifts. As a way of demonstrating our love and care for others, we work hard to make sure that that gift that we have is just right for the person that we're giving it to. For Christians, however, our gift-giving, it all has its origin in God the Father's gift of His only begotten Son to us and for us for our salvation. No matter how wonderful our gifts to one another are, nothing compares to the gift of Christ Jesus, our Savior. St. John says that we have seen His glory. Glory is of the only Son of the Father, from the Father, full of grace and truth. And we have indeed seen the glory of Christ in his life, ministry, and miracles. We have beheld them by faith. This child is the one who will confound the scribes and teachers of the law with his wisdom and his authority. Beginning at age 12, by the way. This child is the one who will one day calm storms, cast out demons with a word, a whole legion of them, and restore sight to the blind. This child will one day heal the sick with a touch and even raise the dead by his authoritative word, for he is the Lord of life. He will be revealed as the beloved Son of God at his baptism in the Jordan River and again at the Mount of Transfiguration. However, all these glorious works, they pale in comparison to the glory that he shows forth in his suffering, death, and resurrection. After all, this is why the word became flesh and dwelt among us. To fulfill God's law for you, be crucified in your place, die your death, and then be raised again on the third day. So that just as surely as Christ is risen, so you too will come forth from your graves alive and be with him forever, body and soul, in his promised paradise. You see, John the Baptist bore witness to his purpose, saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
And as the ancient Christmas hymn says, which we will sing in a moment, this is he whom seers in old time chanted of with one accord, whom the voices of the prophets promised in their faithful word. Now he shines the long expected. Let creation praise its Lord evermore and evermore. You see, in addition to his glory, St. John tells us that Jesus is full of grace and truth. In Christ Jesus, we see the full measure of God's grace towards sinners like you and like me. There's not a human being in this world who deserves God's love. For our sin, we deserve, as we confess, temporal and eternal punishment. We deserve hell. All human beings by nature hate God and follow the will and ways of Satan. Jesus, however, he comes to shine the light of truth on the darkness of Satan's lies and to set us free. For those dwelling in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. Indeed, the very light of light, very God of very God. For example, so many in this world have been deceived into thinking that Christmas is about every possible thing except Jesus Christ. Time together with family and friends, enjoying good food, good drink, and good memories, that's great. It's wonderful. But folks, those things are not the heart and center of Christmas. They're not. Although, in a strange twist of irony, many folks this year and last, they've counted the avoidance of family and friends as the mark of a successful Christmas. That's a twist we didn't see coming. Despite all that, we must always remember that Jesus, he is the heart and center of Christmas. Christ is Christmas. Our joy and celebration are born from this glorious good news that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Dear saints in Christ, on this anniversary of our Savior's birth, your Lord, he comes to bring you even more gifts. A very Merry Christmas indeed. From his, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Now, regarding this grace upon grace, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther had this to say. He said, Christ is an interminable, that is, an everlasting well, the chief source of all grace, truth, righteousness, wisdom, and life, without limit, measure, or end. From the riven side of your crucified and resurrected Lord flows the gifts of holy baptism and the holy supper of his body and his blood. In baptism, you were saved by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, and you were joined to Christ's death and resurrection. You were clothed in Christ's righteousness, and he made you a child of God. In the Lord's Supper, your King, he comes to you in the humblest of ways, in and under bread and wine, to forgive you your sins and strengthen your baptismal faith. Just as that lowly manger held the Christ child, so now he comes to you in the hollow of your hands, into your mouths, to bless you with his presence, forgiveness, and grace. You know, it's no coincidence that Bethlehem means house of bread in Hebrew. For in the little, little town of Bethlehem, the very bread of life was born and laid in a manger. And now in this blessed sacrament, the bread of life himself is placed into your mouth. By this meal, he gives you the forgiveness of your trespasses, everlasting life, and salvation from Satan. Jesus said, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Our Lord and Savior gives holy food to those whom he has made holy. At the outset of the sermon, we were reminded that Christmas Day marks the beginning of a celebration of Christ's birth among us. Christmas is a season of the church year which lasts 12 days. 
Now the world around us is done celebrating after today. That means starting tomorrow you'll see the post-Christmas letdown. You know what I'm talking about. Christmas comes and goes and people begin then counting the days until planting season, until spring training, fishing season, summer vacation, all those things. After all, what's left to celebrate, right? After all, the radio stations stop playing songs about Frosty, Santa, and Jingle Bells. What's left to celebrate after the gifts are unwrapped, the parties are over, and the Christmas leftovers are all gone? As the blessed recipients of the greatest gift ever given to humanity, we know the answer to those questions. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, of all the people in the world, we as God's baptized children, we have the most to celebrate. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. God be praised for his grace and for his mercy. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, the Word made flesh, abides with us in his Word and in his Holy Supper. And as surely as he came to us in Bethlehem, dear saints, he will come again. He will come again to take you and all his saints to eternal paradise, where you will behold his glory in all its fullness and our joy. Well, on that day, our joy will have no end. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, you reign over all the earth. We lift up our voices and sing for joy to you in celebration of the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Preserved at this delight among your people throughout the church year. Lord, in your mercy. Send forth men to publish your peace and bring us your good news of happiness. Keep them faithful to declare your gracious reign in Christ. Bless the work of missionaries at home and abroad, that all the ends of the earth may see your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, the great mystery of the Incarnation was first believed and proclaimed by common men and women, Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. Give us confidence to tell the joyful message of our Savior's birth, life, death, and resurrection, that your Spirit may work the miracle of faith as he wills. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, guide all who administer and judge our laws in this land. Preserve us in justice and truth, and make us faithful citizens, honoring those in authority over us. Wherever rulers spurn your calling to serve justly, are hostile to your truth, or persecute your people, turn them from their evil and protect your church. Lord, in your mercy. Grant healing, peace, patience, and faith that endures to all who suffer sickness in mind or body including Sam Falke, Ron Gibson, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, Ted Phillips, to all homebound, and to any who ask our prayers. Lord, in your mercy. The great love that laid your son in a manger also lays his flesh and blood before us in bread and wine. Grant us grace to bow our hearts before him with all those in heaven and on earth who adore him, that we may receive his forgiveness and life with repentance and joy. Lord, in your mercy. In the birth of your Son, you have called people from all times and places into the body of Christ, his church. We give you thanks for all the believers who have gone before us, 
especially who have been with us during Christmases past and now live with you. Give us a sure confidence in your promise of resurrection and eternal life, and bring us at last together with them into your presence at the full coming of your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, O Lord, for the sake of your Son, the Word become flesh, the Savior of the nations, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. It is a blessed day indeed. Uh, just a, a handful of announcements here before we depart in Christmas joy. Of course, a reminder that tomorrow is Sunday. And so the first Sunday after Christmas, of course, following hot on the heels of this blessed day, we have divine service at 9 a.m. tomorrow with Holy Communion, followed by Sunday school and Bible study. And then this coming Saturday, it's just a, a week from today, we have our New Year's Day uh, matins service with the installation of officers. So do take note of that. And a couple special announcements I want to make you aware of here. Uh, we have a disaster relief door offering coming up. So on Sunday, January 9th, that's two Sundays from tomorrow, a uh, door offering will be received for the purpose of helping all those folks affected by the tornadoes and severe storms uh, in the, our own state, as well as Arkansas, Kentucky, and Illinois. So there are some special instructions there in the bulletin as to how to fill out uh, your checks and whatnot for that offering. And again, the offering uh, will be at the door that day on the 9th. Also on January 9th, we will be host uh, to Shane Smithson. He is a representative from the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's Office of National Mission. He's going to give a presentation on the response that our uh, church body is putting together to critical theory. Critical theory, of course, being an ideology rooted in Marxist thought. It's made its way into all corners of our culture. Uh, in addition to this, Mr. Smithson, he's going to share an update with us about different projects uh, that the Office of National Mission is currently engaged in. So we do hope you join us for that. And once again, Merry Christmas, God's blessings to you, and uh, we now depart in Christmas joy. I'll greet you at the door.